Welcome to the Going Merry Podcast, the ultimate One Piece podcast on the internet. My name is Derek, and I am one of your co-hosts. And as always, my other two co-hosts, Amanda and Whitney. Amanda, how are you today? I am doing so great. How are you? I am doing absolutely fantastic, I believe. (laughs) Whitney, how are you today? I believe I'm doing okay, Derek. How are you? You just believe it. Chew. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you've been sick all week. Chew. (laughs) A little different kind of sick. I've had a tummy bug. Were you sneezing a lot? Definitely not. If I had, there would have been some issues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, okay. Sneezing can definitely ruin a day so it's good you're not sneezing it just sucks that you had everything else along with it yeah all better getting better every day yeah never wake up in the morning and allergies are just hitting you and you like have to sneeze like 15 20 times in a row and it's like man why can't i stop oh yeah you can't answer the phone because everyone thinks you're dying or you just woke up but you're like no i promise i've been working all this time exactly sure sure you have um I always make it a point when somebody sneezes around me like the first and second time I'm like bless you bless you and if they sneeze any more than that I'm always like okay enough yeah exactly (laughs) I do that too I'm like I'm like all right cut the shit (laughs) come on that's enough so we watched one piece this week these episodes what do you think of these episodes? Whitney, we'll, uh, we'll start with you. <laughs> start with me because they are freshest on my mind. Um, I will say, listen, if anybody is ever doubtful that they can cram in some One Piece um, on short notice, I am proof that you can do that because I watched them today after work. Um, so it can be done. Um <laughs> I was very sick most of the week, uh, end of the week last week and super busy this weekend being sick and packing and all this other stuff. But anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm still interested in this story. I feel like some loose ends are being tied up with NAMI. Um, I was really excited to see where Bellamere's story went because we left on like that terrible cliffhanger last time where we didn't know what was going to happen, um, with, uh, the fishmen going to her house. Um, lots of fighting I was a little disappointed that Luffy was out for a lot of this uh set of episodes (laughs) never thought I'd say that because I don't I didn't dislike Luffy in the beginning but he wasn't my favorite by far Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like oh he's kind of annoying but useful um and then I kind of grew fond of him once he started really kicking some ass there for a minute um, and him being out for so long this time kind of got me down a little bit. So, mm-hmm. no, um, some good, good action, good storytelling. And yeah, it was a good set. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed them. Amanda, what did you think of these episodes? I agree with the above most of that. <laughs> um, I, there was lots of times where I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh no oh no, is it going to be okay? And then it eventually was fine. Um, So the suspense level was good. I thought throughout, I think pretty much each episode had something going on where I was like, oh no. Um, And then still hated Nami a bit. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) that hasn't quite gone away I did feel more sympathy from her or for her when we started to see exactly what was going on with her backstory and with Bellamere um but certain aspects of that was still annoying I was like you are a foolish child just get it together here Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um but I think we left off on a relatively okay note with her so for now I'm I'm fine about her fine good that's good (laughs) to hear warm yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um I really enjoyed these episodes as well uh Luffy is definitely an idiot (laughs) um but there's also he had some really high points um I really enjoyed the Zoro fight and stuff like that and we'll get into that more later um I think that there were several moments in these episodes that were extremely powerful and one in particular I think was probably the most emotional and like uh tense scene that we've had to date uh so i was glad to get to that point because that moment which we'll get into that more later is honestly one of the things that still sticks with me even after watching the entire show that moment is one of the biggest points in the in the east blue arc like that's the that's the spot i go back to um, so I'm really excited to to talk about that and, and get both of your thoughts more on on that when we get there. Yeah, I really I really really liked these episodes. So and I'm excited to uh, to keep going because I guess next week we have well we'll go ahead and say it now since I'm already on there uh, episodes 41 through 45. So we'll be wrapping up Arlong Park uh, next week. So I'm excited to uh, to see how this ends. um are you guys ready to get into episode 36 two Mm -hmm. (laughs) is chew yes is that is that fish man for yes everything yeah (laughs) (laughs) the town races to bellamere's and tries to beat arlong there but they fail to do so arlong enters the home and bellamere lays him out quickly her triumph is short-lived as arlong gets the upper hand quick Bellamere agrees to pay for the girls, but does not have enough for herself. She is quickly killed by Arlong. He then sees the young Nami's sea and land charts and decides she will join his crew. He makes a deal with Nami that when she can pay him a hundred million berries, he will release Kokoyashi from his taxes. Nami fills Nojiko in on the deal and tells her that this is going to be a fight she has to handle on her own. Arlong will kill anyone that tries to help her. Over the past eight years, Nami has had to learn how to live on her own and how to become a top-tier thief and deceiver, a process and experience that has handed her a lot of failures, long nights, lonely nights, and ass-whoopings. Back in the present day, Nami exits her home and sees Genzo approaching and escorting a group of Marines. The captain tells Nami he is there to confiscate all of the money that she has stolen from pirates. So, I'll start with Amanda this time. Amanda, what did you think of episode 36? And was there anything that that really stood out to you as we kind of wrapped up the uh, Bellamere flashback? 
So I think this was probably the episode where I was most irritated at child Nami here. I wasn't sure where Nami had gotten that idea that Arlong would Mm -hmm. hurt or kill anyone who helped her. Because I sort of felt like, I mean, I guess maybe they weren't able to leave the island, but I feel like they could have helped her on the DL a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been super obvious, like if Arlong wasn't looking for that, if it was like only Genzo or, you know, one or two of them. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, the whole scene with Arlong showing up and beating up Bellamir was really not cool that was so brutal he was mm-hmm. just stomping on her it was awful um so he hard scene to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah he definitely is terrible um but yeah i guess that i wasn't particularly expecting to see that level of brutality since we i think we talked about last time we hadn't seen too much of him yet to kind of determine like how we felt about him compared to other villains yet but he's mm-hmm. definitely quickly climbing up there um he's certainly a lot more violent i think than what we've seen before mm-hmm. so Agreed. um yeah that's what stood out i think yeah i would agree with you on that like i think right now i feel like arlong at this point has passed up maybe everyone ex- just in, in my opinion everyone maybe except for kuro like i feel like him and kuro are kind of still going back and forth over mm-hmm who's the better villain in this arc yeah you know or i guess over the east blue arc but yeah i i uh completely agree with a lot of you said that um i definitely think that bellamere's scene uh, you know and arlong beating her was tough i was really glad to like see her lay him out first like just kind of establishing who who she is and that she wasn't going to go down without a fight so that was really good I, re- I really liked seeing her just drop him right in the face um Whitney what did you think of these episodes yeah that was my favorite part too there at the beginning and it got me good because you know my first thought was oh she's such a badass right because she's a trained fighter and she knew something was up and it turned so quickly right like mm-hmm. our emotions were just up and very quickly down when they started just beating the shit out of her because there were just so many of them um and the fishmen are very powerful as we see through all these five episodes how powerful they are um i uh, um I, i'm really glad before bellamere died which by the way was, is that the first person we've seen die uh so Kawina. oh well i mean i guess by by someone else killing them i guess yeah because yeah queen right. just fell down the stairs yeah. i was like is that our first death yeah. that we've seen um but before she was killed uh nami got to apologize for being a piece of shit to her little baby nami <laughs> she was mm-hmm. like i didn't mean it what i said which ugh, kids usually don't mean what they say but they say shit like that all the time right like mm-hmm. it's from their emotions but um, it still kind of hurt, but I agree with Amanda. It was really hard to watch them just like stomping on her and just beating the shit out of her on the ground. Um, one of my favorite parts, um, when the townsfolk were gathering and they were going to go try to save Nami when they took little Nami in the mm-hmm. flashback, you can hear one of the random guys say, I'm going to go save that little brat. 
And I just thought that was so cute and on point for her. Um, later on, I, I had totally forgotten that Luffy was just walking through town, just minding his own business randomly. Um, and when it, when it cut back to him, I was like, oh yeah, how random and stupid is this? He's just walking straight through town, not worried about a thing. Um, and the rat faced Marine, does he have a name? Cause I just called him rat face. I saw it in the, I saw it. Like, I think it may be a description on an episode. I think it's like Nizumi or something like that, but yeah, I'm sure he has a name. Cause he's they been- have not said it in the show, but he does have a name. I, I'm, and I know it starts with an N, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I'm pretty sure it's Nizumi. Yeah. And I mean, I think we had seen him before having, you know, exchanging money with the pirates. So I kind of knew he was one of those corrupt, you know, and I, I think it's so funny to see all the Marines behind him dressed so uniformly with their hats and their uniforms and then you see him with these little mouse ears on a hood he just looks so (laughs) absurd and they really embrace the whole rat thing because he just like does the little giggles like when he's talking um i don't like him i hate him (laughs) um but i think for good reason i think that's fair um but what cracked me up so much is that when these guys are walking toward the marines are walking toward luffy and his uh they've got ginza with them with his little pinwheel hat (laughs) and luffy's mouth just drops in awe and i'm like oh he's like shocked that you know the marines are here i guess for once to help but no he was just fascinated by the pinwheel hat (laughs) pinwheel hat (laughs) that's awesome <laughs> like, I, his his naivete naivete whatever how, however you say it and his innocence and his stupidity still take me by surprise every time <laughs> something like this <laughs> i absolutely love that scene and i saw it i was like he's not because like he started sweating a lot too and i was yeah. like he's not scared of the marines like what and I like I remembered that he had that he uh, had his fascination with the pinwheel because I remember that he made he made up the new move based on Genzo's hat. So I I knew he had the fascination with it. That was what was but, so funny too. Is it in this episode or the next one? He's like he sees the pinwheel and he's like, I've got an idea for a new move. That was this one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's like I, sitting there contemplating it. I was so ready for it. And it's funny because I feel like we've had this discussion on his different moves. Like, does he Mm -hmm. come up with them? Did they already exist? Obviously, I feel like that partially has been answered, right? He just comes up with these things and adds the word gum gum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The only other thing I had was, um, I'm pretty sure we've confirmed now that Nami is 18. Did you all catch that too? I guess we have, yeah. Yeah, they said she was 10, 10. and I was shocked because I was like, this little idiot is acting like she's six years old. There's no way. I I thought she was eight in the flashback, so I was thinking she was 16 at this point, at like current time. But yeah, they did say 10, and then they said it was eight years ago, so. Yeah, so there's one for sure that we know, I guess. Yeah, because I guess we don't really know how old Sanji is. Yeah, I don't know if they've said... He got on my nerves during this set. I love Sanji. I do. I think he is awesome. He's fine. 
if nobody mentions Nami. If anybody mentions Nami around him, I want to punch him in his face because he just <laughs> immediately becomes lovesick and stupid and and angry. Um, which I, I feel like the anger served him kind of well in in these five episodes, but also I'm just like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I don't have to get it. It's their relationship. I'm not involved. But like theirs or his. Her relationship with him basically revolved around her getting what she wanted, which is what Nami does. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I guess it's not really a relationship, but that's none of my business. He can like who he likes, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why not go for Nojiko? She seems like a much more grounded, cooler, nicer. Mm-hmm prettier person in my opinion i agree <laughs> yeah yeah thank you uh yeah i can agree with that i mean don't get me wrong i i love i love nami um but uh but yeah i agree i really like no you do you you love <laughs> nami whitney you have to understand i've seen a lot of episodes with with nami i'm not just working with this particular first 40 episodes <laughs> I, just, I don't know if I can trust you. I just, you also love the Green Bay Packers, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take your opinion much into account. Sorry. And all I'm saying is more world championships than any other team, so I feel like I've got a pretty good judge. <laughs> okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he only won one, okay? Even if you take yeah, this no. away, they're still leading. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked this episode. I really liked the wrap up to Bellamere's flashback. I mean, it it's a. Uh, I think it gives us a lot of insight not only into Bellamere, but like where Nami comes from and what she's been through in her past. You know, being adopted because her parents were killed at such a young age, and being raised with someone who is on her own, short on money, but just gives her all the all the love she she possibly could and going to having that person taken away from her right in front of her eyes at the age of 10 and being forced by uh you know a very what do i want to say like a mafia style person to go around and risk her life on basically a daily basis to to bring in money to try and save her her whole town so i think we got a lot of of good Nami backstory there. So I was really excited to kind of mostly fill that up. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it. We get a little bit more of Nami backstory in the next set, but for the most part, Nami's backstory is, is pretty much done. Um, But in that, and that mostly took up the rest of this episode between uh the beginning with Bellamere, her death, and then the aftermath uh, of Bellamere's death as the villagers and Nami and Nojiko try to figure out what to do with with the arrival of Arlong. Um, and then a- after that, we mostly just get the scene with Luffy, which absolutely cracks me up. Um, so yeah, I, re- I really did like this episode. But now that we have most, I mean, I can already tell by the beginning of of how we're starting here. But I'm going to ask this question anyway. Now that we have most of Nami's backstory and we're finally like 
understanding where she's coming from are you either one of you feeling a little bit better about nami or like under understanding her more i feel like um, i understand her more for sure um yeah i don't know if i agree with her methods of completing her task but i also have not ever had to do such a thing so mm -hmm. i can't say how i would react in such a situation um I still, I feel like she may still be wishy-washy, though, so I'm not 100% on board yet. Okay. I feel I feel quite a bit better about Nami, actually, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, but, you know, seeing later on when, when they first take little Nami to Arlong's ship and they're having that discussion where he's like, well, if you can get me this much money... I'll give you your island back. And she's so young and her, her words were literally promise. And I mean, as a kid, that means a lot, right? Mm -hmm. When you promise a kid something. And even though she's a, a quote unquote adult now, a young adult, um, she's lived with that moment her whole life. And that's all that's been real to her since then mm -hmm. is that if I do this, I get this, right? Yeah. And so the fact that she came back and told her sister uh, was, I thought, if she hadn't done that, I would have still been pretty angry. But she did tell her sister about it. And then we find out later that the townspeople knew about mm -hmm. it, which made me feel much better about the situation too, right? Because um, all the people that were important to Nami knew what was going on and mm -hmm. were, I guess, you could say in support of that. I mean, I don't, they, they weren't doing anything because they didn't want her to know they knew, but, you know, I guess they appreciated it and they could accept that she was a pirate knowing that she had those intentions. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it, it's a lot easier for them to accept her being a pirate, knowing what the end goal is than if she had just betrayed them, which is what they thought at first, right? That she had just, you know, oh, I don't want to be poor like Bellamere and live like we were living. So Arlong gives me all this money. So I'm going to join him, which was their first impression, right? They were like, how could you do this? How could you betray everything Bellamere stood for? Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that brought me around quite a bit to Nami. I think the rest of it will depend on how this whole saga plays out with her and also how she treats Luffy in the crew. I want to see how she deals with being with people that aren't out to get her all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause, cause that's all she's done for so long has been watching her back mm -hmm. uh, for people that could stab her in the back. And I don't think Luffy and them would do that. So it might be an adjustment for her. Yeah. I, I get that for sure. And I think you're, I think you're right. I definitely think that's going to be an adjustment. I never really thought about it that way. So that's a good insight there. Wow me paying winnie a compliment what the fuck yeah is it a full moon tonight oh. <laughs> there's a pigs flying outside hallucinating <laughs> it is storming really loudly here so apologies um, um at least nobody's mowing anymore so it's one noise for another <laughs> uh anything else on episode 36 before we move on to 37 no i'm ready okay the Marines begin their search, and Nami tries to take out as many as she can. 
The Marine captain slips up on his wording, and Nami, Genzo, and Nojiko quickly realize that the captain is there on Arlong's request. The Marines find the money, and Nami makes one last charge at the captain as he pulls his firearm. Nojiko jumps in the way as he pulls the trigger. Nami confronts Arlong about breaking his promise, but Arlong quickly makes Nami realize that she's not going anywhere, and she will continue to do everything he says for as long as he says. The villagers gather and prepare a posse to head to Arlong's, but Nami arrives and says she has no issues starting over, and everyone should stay put. The villagers tell Nami that this is not her burden to bear alone, and it is their turn to face Arlong. Realizing that all of the villagers are heading to their deaths, Nami finally asks Luffy for his help. Luffy approaches Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp, and the four head for Arlong Park. Johnny and Yosuku hold the villagers outside of Arlong Park and wait for the Straw Hats. Luffy barges through the gate and asks, where's Arlong? So we are at this episode now. Like I said, it's probably got one of the most powerful moments in this entire first arc of the East Blue and definitely the most powerful moment, in my opinion, that we have seen so far. And it's probably going to be a, a bigger topic on this episode. So before I hand it over to you, I do want to kind of go into this scene a little bit more in depth just because of the weight that this scene has. So I'm going to keep get I'm going to get a little bit more detailed on my summary here. <laughs> the villagers leave for Arlong Park and Nami falls to her knees in anger and tears. As Arlong's laughter rings through her head, Nami picks up her dagger and repeatedly stabs herself in the shoulder where Arlong where her Arlong tattoo lies. Luffy approaches and grabs her hand as she attempts to continue stabbing herself. As she continues crying, Nami says, Luffy, what do you want? You don't know anything about this. You don't know what's been happening on this island for the past eight years. He responds, nope, I don't. Nami continues, this has nothing to do with you. I told you to leave this place. Luffy says, yep, you sure did. Nami's crying increases as she screams and throws dirt at Luffy. So leave. I told you to leave. Get out of here. Get out of here now. Go. Go away. Go. Her sobbing continues, and she turns to Luffy and says, Luffy, help me. Luffy places his treasured straw hat on Nami's head and says, of course, that's what friends do. This scene, like even reading it, I like, I'm almost like starting to tear up a little bit. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of, of this scene in particular with Nami finally asking for help uh, from Luffy and finally showing what her real thoughts are and not playing two sides? Uh, I think this is kind of where um, I turned around on Nami um, quite a bit because 
it was her first time, I think, being genuine with Luffy, um, asking for help and being vulnerable because she was so much, you know, I don't need anyone's help. I have to do this on my own. I have to fix this situation that I feel like I've caused, right? Um, it was very, this whole episode was very emotional. It was very up and down um, because, you know, the stuff that happens earlier with Nojiko and um, Nami not wanting anybody else to get hurt, the villagers, she doesn't want them to be hurt on her behalf because she already feels like Bellamere has been killed and this whole island's been taken because of her, right? Or in part because of her. Mm-hmm. And it speaks also to Luffy, right? his Mm -hmm. character as well um we've talked before about how he doesn't really care about much besides i mean if we take away the grand line what else does he really care about and he only gets angry or determined when his friends are in danger right Mm -hmm. we saw it when zoro was being attacked we saw it um you know in all the previous episodes when people were getting hurt that he cared for. And so he's finally seeing that Nami is struggling and asking for help. And he's like, well, of course, that's why I'm here. Right. I'm here to help you anytime. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to see like her desperation, I felt her desperation when they were digging up her money that she'd spent eight years putting together for this cause. And it's like a helpless, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. As a spectator. Um, and her stabbing at her tattoo, that was, that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cartoon. I get it. But like, that was a very emotional moment, I thought. And, you know, I think people who've been in situations where they felt helpless and angry at someone who had been abusive or they've been mistreated by someone, they can understand wanting to destroy any evidence that reminds them of that person right even if it means hurting yourself like that and it was just kind of rough to watch Mm -hmm. um but yeah I, i feel like maybe that's what nami needed was for somebody to say yeah i'm definitely i'm gonna help you that's all you had to say was i need help yeah 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 absolutely and I want to get Amanda's thoughts too. I just want to say one thing real quick while it popped in, while it's like in my mind. This scene, I'm really excited to see it in live action. And all I got to say is the Emily Rudd that is playing Nami, I think she's got a high bar to hit on this scene. I really do. Because like the voice actress, for only doing it with her voice, she nails it. So I'm curious to see how well Emily Rudd does, not only with her emotions, but her expressions and and just her body language. I'm really excited to see that in live action. But Amanda, uh, what were your thoughts on on this scene? Um, it was pretty upsetting. Um, d- the tattoo stabbing part was really rough. Like, I mean, I. <laughs> unseriously I was like girl stop doing that just one clean slice you just can't keep like poking in and out that's Mm -hmm. gonna totally mess it up I kind of thought she was gonna slice it off there for a minute and I was like bracing myself like I know it was really hard like I mean you were saying it's a cartoon but it was still really hard to watch because I can only imagine like how much pain 
she must have been you know inflicting but I'm, she maybe didn't even feel like because she was just in such a state at that point mm-hmm. um but I I I'm glad that we got to see her asking for help at the end of all of that because it's very hard sometimes to ask people for help um and even you know like obviously again I've never been through anything like that I don't have a pirate hanging over my entire life you know you don't have a shark overlord (laughs) unfortunately no but I mean I'm somebody who finds it difficult to ask for help and it's just you know the simplest of things like on a work assignment or just you know I moved recently and my friends were very eager and willing to help me and not all I needed to do was ask but I still was a little bit hesitant to do that so um her being kind of surrounded by all of those people those like terrible people for her whole life I can just imagine how that made it harder for her to ask finally um but then once she did I mean Luffy of course was super great about it um Mm -hmm. and I really liked that part when he put his hat on her head and was like yep I'm off to go kick some ass now Mm -hmm. and And it's funny too because like earlier in the episode he's not Luffy's not great at reading the room sometimes (laughs) you know um and you may be asking about this here in a minute, Derek, but like something bad happens to Nojiko and Luffy finally sees Nami and he goes up and he's like, Hey, Nami, what's up? Do you need help with anything? And he's like (laughs) excited. He's like, what's up, Nami? Her sister's literally bleeding on the ground. But then at this moment later, he does read it well, right? Mm -hmm. He, He doesn't crack a joke. He doesn't, you know, whatever. He's not like, I'm hungry. He, he just, uh, yeah, we got this. Let's go. Yeah. Immediately. So. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think something else that stood out to me, you know, it was kind of like a, a quick throw, throw away line. And honestly, I noticed it before they even said it. Um, but whenever the Marines opened up, nami's box of you know all of her money that she saved up and they're holding a stack of of berries and it's absolutely riddled and covered in blood mm-hmm. and it's just like fuck man how, like all of the like she literally put blood sweat and tears into everything that she did and like all of this money that she saved up is stained with with her experience and I was like that that right there by itself like stood out to me and then even this scene adding you know this scene adding to it later but there were like some several emotional spots and like and like uh I think it was Amanda said earlier maybe it was Whitney I don't remember but one of you was talking about like even at the beginning of this episode with the Marines taking her money, just the helplessness that, that you feel for, for Nami and you can tell she feels like this was a rough episode. I got to say though, like it, the episode wrapped up really, really well. Like after the, extremely emotional scene with Nami and especially with her finally asking for help. And then the music just starts hitting, you know, you got the drums going, dun, dun, dun. 
Dun, 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 dun. I love that's my favorite song. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> You're gonna start jamming to it in the car. Exactly. <laughs> and then you've just got the you've got uh well Usa might as well not even be there, but you've got Luffy, oh. Sanji, and Zoro just marching to to our lungs with that music going and it's like fuck people are about to get their damn asses lit up it's like again it's about time (laughs) (laughs) but it's like all of the build-up to to end this episode and luffy barging through the gate and it's like oh yeah yeah shit is about to go down it's like the this episode just had so much of a, an emotional roller coaster in it. I just loved it. This was definitely my favorite episode out of out of this series. Mm-hmm. But anything else that either I know we kind of mainly focused on the scene with Nami, and I think it definitely deserved it. But um, I do want to open it up so you guys can talk about other things in the episode as well, if you would like, whether it's the scene at the beginning or the scene at the end. I was just pissed that they did that to Nojiko I was so angry mm-hmm. um I thought I thought she was dead thought she was dead thankfully oh. she's not but I was like kill him get rid of him immediately <laughs> like I this guy needs to go and I I don't remember if that was resolved in any way so he's still rat facing around this island somewhere he is I'm gonna, I'm gonna need him to be uh dispatched immediately please Uh, maybe maybe zoro can make some quick work of that interesting okay yeah i hope so so too that would be great wouldn't it i'm gonna start counting every time you say interesting (laughs) what i'm just saying i really i really like your theories that's Mm. it that's it that's it um (laughs) something else there was a line that genzo said which it's one of my quotes and i I can't remember exactly where he said it, so it might not even be this episode. It's either this episode or or the previous one. But it, it was something that I wanted to talk about real quick. So uh, his quote was, only Marine HQ stands a chance against, against them, but they have their hands full at the Grand Line. The chances that they would come all the way out here for us are as good as zero. And... So far in this show, all we've seen as far as the Marines go are these dirty, you know, pieces of shit Marines between Captain Morgan, Helmeppo, and and now this guy that's a, a dirty Arlong pirate. We didn't really see much of the Marines between, well, and uh, uh, Iron Fist full body at, at the Baratier. Like, mm-hmm. nobody threatening, nobody that's even a, a good person really outside of kobe yeah they all do (laughs) (laughs) Um, like and so that's the thing that i really liked what genzo said is it's kind of hard to picture with the marines because they are the only law uh, in the entire world you know it's there's only one authority you know like with all of the world governments today, you know, you have multiple different levels of, of authority between, you know, city police, county police, state police, FBI, um, you know, Secret Service, like all of these different branches of law enforcement, U.S. Marshals. 
we have so many different branches and that's not the one piece world. They have one, one branch to cover the entire world. And so all of their best Marines are in the grand line, you know, fighting where all of the bad guys are, you know, and be like in, in our world, you know, our world, if it was all one, uh, branch of of law or whatever you would put the some of the the better cops in the city areas where crime is most is the highest because that's where the the populations are you're not going to put the your top cops out in the country in the middle of nowhere in a town with 200 people you know so like out here the chances are basically nothing that the marine headquarters actually cares enough to send someone decent out to handle Arlong, who honestly is kind of a, a joke to, to Navy HQ. So what Genzo's saying is pretty much right, that that they're just, they're kind of on their own. But I do want to say there will be Marines that you like. <laughs> you know, like Bellamere was obviously a, a good Marine. She was not anyone that would be dirty. She was going to do what was right, even though we didn't get to see her much as a Marine. So there are good Marines out there and there will be Marines that you like, but yeah, all we, all we have so far is just these dirty pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, anything else on episode 37 before we move on to 38? I'm just glad Nojiko's okay. I was worried for a while and then I, I got too. mad because, um, Nami went off on her own. I was like, dude, your sister's about to die. Can you not give her five minutes of your time? <laughs> but then she was totally fine later. Just, you know, had the Mary treatment, had like a bandage on her arm and she was fine. Yeah, it was she like one of those little kitty band-aids. <laughs> yeah. So thank God. And I did also think that it was super funny that at the end, when they're showing them all, you know, like dramatic, lined up, ready to go. And then Usopp's there. I was like, what is he going to do? <laughs> Like, it feels very threatening until Usopp steps, steps into yeah. the picture. It's like, son of a bitch. With his little goggles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> his little goggles and in, his nose is farther out than anybody else is. <laughs> I cannot stand it when he's in a fight of some sort and he, like, lands on his nose and it's all bent. Like, makes my face hurt so bad just looking at it i'm like how many different times can he bend it before he breaks it off that is that is an excellent point because yeah i agree like it looks odd like how many times did it break in like the little squiggly lines going back and forth yeah it does that a lot it does because he gets hit a lot cartoon magic exactly um so are y'all ready for 38 yes cool. oh yeah as luffy walks toward arlong two fishermen step in his way luffy quickly drops him quickly drops them and lays arlong out with a single punch hachi calls in momu for reinforcements momu sees sanji and tries to retreat but Arlong says some threatening words to make him stay. Luffy finally demonstrates his new move, the gum gum pinwheel, and uses Momo 
or Momu to take out a large majority of, fi of the fishmen. Luffy realizes that his feet are now stuck in the concrete from this new move, and he's not going to be able to dodge any attacks. Usopp accidentally hits Chu with Luffy. Chu chases Usopp out of the park as he screams like a little bitch. Arlong picks up the concrete under Luffy's feet and hurls it into the ocean with Luffy still attached. Zoro realizes that Arlong's goal is to get Zoro and Sanji to jump in the water after Luffy, where the remaining fishmen will have the advantage. So, Luffy's an idiot. Um, that's one note. And also, fuck Sanji, because I still feel bad for Momu. Oh uh, no. <laughs> like, oh, poor sea cow. <laughs> his feelings were so hurt. Did you I see know. His face? He has that big lump on his face. <laughs> he Honestly, was crying. Oh. Honestly, if it wasn't for like the big puppy dog face and all of the tears and the bump, I would not give a flying fuck. Like it's like the, the sea king that, that shanks uh went against we didn't care if that sea king got hit it's just momu okay momu is the best <laughs> and i feel so bad for momu so i just had to say fuck sanji <laughs> yeah. um and i'll also go ahead and i know and i'll go ahead and say now that is the one and only time that luffy ever uses the gum gum pinwheel <laughs> probably a good thing probably <laughs> i mean it was cool in theory right it was, I mean, yeah. it was cool but and i was just thinking like how could he do this again without causing such destruction and i was like maybe somebody could hold his feet down <laughs> have usopp then, under there just holding his feet to the ground yeah but then he would still like destroy everything around him while mm -hmm. he's spinning whatever he's spinning so i guess either way it's not not a good idea yeah maybe not the best time to test that move out <laughs> yeah for sure um so thoughts on episode 38 just uh, momo that poor poor <laughs> that I, poor cow i know um I don't know where this was because you just said fuck Sanji, but I had a note that I was like, holy shit, I need to see this in live action. And I don't know if it, did he kick Momu? Because he does this like vertical split. Like this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I need to see that arm. now. <laughs> imagine, imagine um, my arm like touching my ear straight up. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really yes. like, hmm. but that was his leg. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't it know, was. Uh, I, too, I was like, "Yes, ma'am." He didn't kick anybody. <laughs> that was when Hachi tried to hit Luffy with the concrete pad, and Sanji kicked oh, the well, concrete. Yes. Okay. He's. Yes. That's exactly what it was. I can't wait to see that in live action either. I'm yeah, curious how I that need works. For that to happen. <laughs> I still don't understand Sanji. I don't understand how he has this power. He's got to be superhuman, right? He's like, just got just strong like, legs. It's crazy, though, right? Nobody else has this this leg power i mean i understand zoro trained we understand how he got all these skills right but zef has it oh yeah that's true yeah zef taught I don't him know. how it just seems so superhuman to me anyway it sorry does. i mean especially because he kicked that concrete and it shattered <laughs> right i mean that's that's a lot i think i have some strong legs but i can't do that <laughs> Oh, come on. You're going to have to train yourself to get your leg just straight 
Oof, not Straight gonna up. happen. <laughs> I was looking at that too. I was like, I don't know how that's even possible. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand the splits and everything like that, but damn. And especially like, you know, if you're doing the splits, it's one thing because you have the ground to like hold your legs there. Yeah, this man did not eat anything. Like he's just got his legs leg straight up. up. And the thing like, that's perfect about it is he stands with his hands in his pocket. I know. He's still got his hands in the pocket <laughs> the whole sexy. time. He's just like, yes, <laughs> my leg. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> I do Can't like wait. watching Sanji fight. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only other thing I really had was that um, I think towards the end of the episode, it kind of just got more evident that Sanji and Zoro were going to have to fight. And so I wasn't sure if they were going to fight together, if they were going to fight separately, but I hope we get to see them fight together more. Mm -hmm. I know like at the beginning, especially at the beginning of, of the show like this, because Oda was not like a big fighting person. So toward the beginning of the show, he was still trying to learn good fight choreography. So you didn't see much in his uh, in his manga in that area. And especially when it came to, he mostly stuck with one person fighting at a time. And you've probably kind of noticed that in the show. So eventually you'll get to more people and, you know, fighting teamwork and stuff like that. But here for a little bit, it kind of sticks with the one at a time thing, which, you know, like I said, he gets better at it, but yeah. <laughs> I I do have to give Sanji a little bit of credit because, man, I started the, I started off after the summary saying, fuck Sanji, and all we've done so far is talk about Sanji. <laughs> <laughs> but some of his one-liners during these this next three episodes were absolutely killing me because the whole time he's fighting these fishmen and he's all he's talking about is cooking and it was absolutely hilarious because so he had three liners here and i wrote them all down uh he said octopus was best when it's cut thin and salted add some olive oil and paprika and it makes the perfect snack while drinking <laughs> <laughs> i like that one too and he said if he told uh uh, Karubi, if you insult Nami one more time, I promise you'll go from fish man to fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he told Karubi again later, he said, I bet you taste good with butter. <laughs> I just loved all of his cooking references as he's fighting these fish man. That was hilarious to me. <laughs> um, this episode really centered on one of my new favorite characters, uh, the octopus guy. Hachi? <laughs> Is it Hachi? Hachi. Hachi. Okay, Hachi. Hachi. A yeah, H-A-C-H-I. Hachi is such a sweet little angel baby. He's just misguided. Okay. <laughs> he is. He's in the wrong crowd. Um, just the way he talks to everyone while he's supposed to be fighting is so um immature if that makes sense like he, he's like a little kid mm -hmm. um and he um <laughs> he says when he sees Zoro again because you know Zoro tricked him in that last set of episodes we watched and he didn't realize he was the swordsman who escaped and he helped him get you know wherever he was going 
And he's like, I can't believe I fell for it. Look, sign an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> Just so stupid. Um, and, you know, his, he looks ridiculous, right? Obviously, he's got six arms and he, he, he plays his trumpet mouth that sticks out really far. <laughs> oh, Momo. Oh, that cracked um, me up. He, uh, he shoots ink at Luffy. Uh, he does it in the next episode, too. Um, has some weird little, he's like, look at my dance moves. And he's wiggling his little tentacles. And uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy him. Uh, I know he's a bad guy. I get it. But it's okay to like bad guys, Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I like him not even as a bad guy, I like him just as a person. <laughs> little guy he's trying his best right he is he is he's doing his best but um maybe if if he had somebody other than arlong to guide him he wouldn't mm -hmm. be so bad you know because mm -hmm. he seems to really like momu yeah i mean i mean he's the only one we've seen that actually cares for momu to yeah. this to this point he's gonna feed him a whole pig or whatever that was he was roasting for him i mean poor pig yeah no, I, I I like him. Uh, can we talk about how Usopp sucks again? <laughs> <laughs> we can always talk about how Usopp sucks. He just his his fighting style is very much run away and, yeah. and try to be faster than whoever's chasing you, right? Um, he's got a lot of practice running. That's all I can say. He does, man. I I think uh, with I get because it's Chu that's chasing him, mm -hmm. which in a way was a good idea to get you away from the fighting so that he wouldn't be a problem but also it's like Usopp what are you going to do when he catches up to you right mm -hmm. like what's the plan um but he doesn't think that far and I think uh Chu says it perfectly he says brave one minute or maybe it was one of the townspeople that said it was Genzo or no no it was the doctor okay. it was the doctor yeah, that said it brave one minute and cowardly the next he's a baffling man I agree <laughs> I, I get kind of, cause you know, when he first started doing the slingshot thing and I was like, okay, Usopp's kind of getting the hang of this. He's, he's becoming the pirate that he wants to be. And then he does this shit again. Like when he got to this Island and wouldn't go in and tied up Zorro, like he's doing all this shit doesn't make sense for a pirate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's still doing it in these last couple episodes, just running and hiding and playing dead. And I can't, I can't with him. Oh, one thing I do have a slight bone to pick with on this episode for sure is whenever they show Usopp running away, she was gaining on him easily. Like yeah. his ass should have been caught in five seconds based on how fast she was running. Yeah. But no, whatever. I get it. You're trying to extend it out fine. A lot of things in these episodes were drawn out way longer <laughs> than they probably in real life could have been. Like we'll talk about these next two episodes, but the whole fact that, you know, Zoro and Sanji are fighting uh, Arlong's fishmen and trying to goad them into going into the water, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously the fishmen will dominate them there. And so Luffy's actively drowning. Um, and they're like, we have to defeat these guys and go get Luffy or he will drown. It takes forever for them to actually have this fight. Luffy should have drowned. You know, like there's no possible way he could have made it. Um, 
and like you said, with the running and the catching up to, to Usopp there later with Sanji going underwater for me, there's no way anybody could possibly hold their breath that long. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like I know some people are better than others, but me personally, I can hold my breath for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And I get a lot of anxiety watching people hold their breath underwater because I know that I could not survive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, Sanji was underwater most of that episode, which we'll get to that later, but mm-hmm. definitely get what you mean. Like, and I think it's one thing that's that I noticed with a lot of different shows, especially especially cartoon shows or like anime that are big on their details and their in their storytelling that it seems like when you're on one scene like with Zoro talking to Hachi or whatever the hell was going on it seems like time basically freezes on everything else like at that point Luffy is on in the exact same spot at the end of the conversation that he was the beginning of the conversation and right. so it's it feel like they my guess is like real time he was probably underwater for a solid minute which is still a long time yeah. <laughs> but they stretch out that minute damn i'll tell you what <laughs> <laughs> i would have been dead 20 times over by then <laughs> um yeah, I don't have any other notes on this episode. Did either one of you? Nope. No, let's get to Zoro. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zoro charges at Hachi with his single sword. While Zoro seems to have the upper hand, he is quickly wearing down due to his wounds from the Mihawk fight. Nojiko and Genzo decide to try and help Luffy while Zoro and Sanji hold off the fishmen. As Zoro continues to struggle, Hachi reveals he carries six swords. Hachi and Karubi already begin declaring victory until Zoro rises again. He wraps his bandana back on his head. Hachi charges and Johnny and Yosuku hurl their blades in Zoro's direction. Zoro is able to dodge Haji's six swords while simultaneously catching the extra two. While he is still fatigued, Zoro regains the upper hand since he is now able to use his full three-sword style. Haji is quickly defeated after a couple more hits from Zoro. After being launched by a punch from Karubi earlier, Sanji rejoins the fight. Sanji leaps into the water to rescue Luffy and Karubi follows. Sanji is able to see now, while Luffy is still attached to the concrete at the bottom of the ocean, Nojiko has stretched Luffy's head up above the surface to try and give him some air while Genzo continues to work on the concrete. Okay, so let's face it, Zoro was a freaking badass in these episodes, okay? I really enjoyed watching that fight with Hachi, even if Zoro was kind of struggling there for a little bit. Yeah, and I forgot he was injured um, because he seemed okay mm-hmm. last last time we watched, and um, it it made me really upset again. <laughs> I was struggling watching it. I was like, oh god! But you know, even injured and feverish, um, which is probably why he's sleeping so much. I guess. Um, no, that's just Zoro. 
So he and Luffy are sleepers. Um, I was cracking up the whole fight between Zoro and Hachi because you could see how frustrated Zoro was getting with how stupid Hachi is, right? (laughs) When he he cuts uh, Hachi's hair and Hachi's like, oh, my hair, it's okay. It'll grow back. Like, how cute is that? Come on. Um, That he does his little wiggly dance we talked about Mm -hmm. and talking about his arms and uh, sticks to the pole, just either trying to keep Luffy from being saved, right? Because they're kind of oblivious to what's going on with Genzo and, and Nojiko uh, under the water. But um, this this episode, I'll, I love the fights where they announce the names of their attacks. It's one of my favorite things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoro had a good one this episode, streaming wolf swords. Oh, was it? <laughs> amazing like makes no sense how does that make sense streaming wolf swords okay it makes no sense at all <laughs> i'll take it though sounds badass right <laughs> it does i wonder if that's what he does he's like what is the most badass sounding name i could possibly come up with even if it has nothing to fucking do with swords dragon twister that was the other one i loved. that would yeah. do that was <laughs> hell yeah wonderful. <laughs> and Hockey, uh when he I, I think it's when he's uh, spinning his swords and he's causing like a tornado and they're like dude you have to stop he's like, <laughs> and he's like oh right I forgot I could destroy stuff <laughs> and he gives like the little oh oh well shoulder shrug huh. I I love him mm-hmm. I don't care he's a cutie I love Hachi <laughs> um love his little stupid lips <laughs> um I love the scenes where like Because like when Zoro stands back up and basically the whole background is white, but you've just got the black over Zoro. Like he's just completely covered in shadows. Mm -hmm. And they only do that with Zoro. And it looks so badass every single time. I love it. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amanda, did you have any thoughts on this episode? And then I'm going to give you credit. Um, I, let's see, I'm trying to think what else, um, I had that was maybe slightly different. I, not too much, but Hachi's commentary was just very funny. He's such a chatty Cathy <laughs> yes. the whole time. Um, and I, I liked all of Zoro's kind of struggle flashbacks when he's just kind of, you know, thinking about stuff to get himself pumped up to fight again, like thinking back to um Kalina and all that other stuff mm-hmm. it was making me <laughs> like again super different situation not life or death but like if I'm running and I'm you know losing steam then something I do to like make myself keep going is I think of all the people that have wronged me <laughs> <laughs> okay. and I'm like screw this person I'm gonna keep going it like doesn't make any sense but it just made me think of that okay so I like glad it. that he was pulling from the past too for sure strength up <laughs> yeah I like that yeah he's definitely wearing down from those wounds quick I mean at this point it's probably only been a day since he basically got cut in half by Mihawk like this shit's still really fresh so it's not surprising that that he was having some issues with and honestly it's surprising that he was still able to function at all Mm -hmm. um 
Amanda, I do want to give you credit though, because I think it was maybe our first set of episodes we reviewed, maybe our second. You asked a question on, or like you proposed a theory on with Luffy's rubber powers, since he can't swim, could oh, he yeah. possibly stand at the bottom of the ocean and just stretch up? Um, and we kind of have an answer to that. So yes, he can still stretch up. He just doesn't have the energy to do anything in water. So yeah, we got an answer to that question so, so long ago. Nice. Anyway, I, <laughs> I wanted to give you some props for that. I was like, Amanda called it. She knew. Okay. <laughs> and in this like scene. thinking of them too, right? They're like, yeah. okay we can't do anything under here. So let's just get his head above water. Like when they, when they showed that, I was like, huh, what a good idea. Right. Like yeah. at least to try to get some air into his lungs. Yeah. I was great. like, why isn't no Jaco giving him like CPR right now or something like that? Like she could have yeah, tried she never to help. Did breathe. But do you wonder a little bit um, if she had, how long would it have taken the air to get down to his lungs? Cause his neck right. was like, really long it's like yeah. it was like 30 feet long at this point yeah she so maybe also, that's why yeah and she wouldn't have known when um he was pausing the cpr True. yeah that's fair but i don't know I yeah, mean, okay. it had been well, so long or like maybe trying to siphon the water out of his body or something like that i don't think no that wouldn't work <laughs> but she can still try True. Just, she was just watching him. Yeah. She was like, hey, we got this. I'm just going to sit here and hold your head. Yeah. <laughs> Positive pep talks. I'm not yeah. trashing Nojiko, I swear. I love Nojiko. <laughs> um, see, I don't really have anything else on this fight in particular. I mean, it was a or on this episode in particular because it was mostly fighting. I will say that with Zoro's fighting style we don't get to see a lot of his actual movements we just see him say something and move really fast and appear on the back end of the guy before blood goes all over the place mm -hmm. so the scene of like the slow motion scene of him catching the the two swords and like dodging all of Hachi's attacks and everything I love that just because we don't get to see that too often so it was really cool like actually seeing Zoro fight for once and just not appear <laughs> yeah. with uh, with a bunch of, with like a trail of blood behind him from his opponents. <laughs> and just imagine what that's going to look like live action too. I know. I'm so excited to see Zoro fight live action. Do you think they're going to get all the way to the Fishmen in the first season of this live action? So based on the episode list that I've seen, I think they're getting all the way through the east blue so they'll get past where we're at now wow um that's gonna be a lot because i know like from the trailer we caught a glimpse of buggy mm -hmm. um i can't remember did we see any of the other villains uh in the trailer i don't think so. I don't... we saw the baratier yeah we saw the baratier in the story and i think that's it i i yeah i don't think we saw anyone else I'm just really um, interested to see what the fishmen are going to look like. I'm mm -hmm. I'm hoping they'll use a lot of practical, like a lot of makeup, you know, yeah. 
to to make them look interesting because I feel like you could totally do that because there's so many different looks of the fishmen. They all look totally different from one another. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like it would just come off a lot better with practical effects than if you're CGIing fins and gills and all this other shit onto people's faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. No, I completely agree. And like, honest, like it's like we kind of talked about before. I don't know that the CGI necessarily looks that great. So I'm hoping that they do practical effects. Well, see, instead. I know you said you said you thought the Sea King didn't look good. I thought it looked amazing. Oh, you did? Okay, yes. Yeah, watched it, and I was like, well, no, I think that looks pretty good. There's other things. I know the arm, but you know, the arm didn't look good. Things. The ship sailing, I'm, I didn't think the marine ship yeah. sailing, I didn't think looked that good. I'm not the biggest critic of cgi i mean i'm not either every now and then it bothers me but you gotta like there's only so much we can do right Mm -hmm. i mean there's some at this point in time we have come leaps and bounds even in the last like 10 years of what absolutely and there are some worlds that we are just not going to be able to pull off perfectly like what world can we make a rubber arm look good that's stretching out 50 feet and having to come back very quickly right mm-hmm. it's hard to do that with practical that's going to look yeah. good he's going to have to do that every episode mm-hmm. right i mean he's attacking somebody almost every episode so i don't know I, I feel like we need to learn not we in particular but we as a public have got to learn to become a little more forgiving <laughs> because I, I don't think everybody fully understands how difficult visual artists have it mm-hmm. you know yeah, I completely agree with that. But I, th- I think so. I only saw the episode list for, for the live action One Piece once, and I'm pretty sure it was like episode six or seven had Arlong's name in the title. Oh, I want to so, see that list. I'm gonna have to look for that. I'll, I'll have to, to. I'll have to see if I can find the list. But like, there's one scene in the trailer that I know is, um. It happens when they're entering the Grand Line. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I I'm pretty sure that it's gonna that the first season will take them all the way to the Grand Line, which would cover the entire East Blue Arc. And I'm hoping that it stops there, because like I don't want to like start getting introduced to characters that could spoil uh, stuff you know, depending on where we're, where we're at in our watch through, which by August, I mean, that's another, like, it comes out a little bit more than two months from today. So like, what is that? Five episodes a week at eight weeks. It's like, we're going to knock out another 40 ish episodes. Yeah. So we should be several weeks into the next arc outside of the East blue. Okay. Um, so we should be well past the point where there shouldn't be any spoilers if if the first if this first season cuts off where I think it's going to. So I think we'll be okay based on what I've I've heard. But yeah, I'm really excited to see all this with with the live action for sure. Um anything else on 39 before we move on to 40? One single quick last thing. Okay. Another reason that Usopp sucks, um, he's running away from Chu, right? And he Mm -hmm. thinks he has outrun Chu. We find out that he hasn't. But before he does that, he goes, that's right, stud. (laughs) 
are you kidding me? I had to rewind it twice to look at the captions to figure out what he was saying. And when I found out that's what he was saying, I wanted to punch my TV screen. <laughs> you said you, the way you said that, it almost sounded like uh, Olivia Newton John in Greece. Tell me about it, stud. That's exactly what he sounded like. I hated it when she said it too. Okay. <laughs> Oh, come on. That's such a great line. I hate that movie. Oh, my you God. Do. I think it's it such a good movie. It's not, though. I think I was, like, the only teenage girl growing up that hated Grease and Dirty Dancing. I don't like either oh, of those. No, I don't like Dirty Dancing either. I hate that movie. Not a good I, movie. I will admit, I don't get the hype around Dirty Dancing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Patrick Swayze and everything, but... Yeah, I, he was... I don't... He's fine. Yeah. Like, Ghost? Do you like the movie Ghost? I fucking mm-hmm. love that movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. But Grease, I absolutely, I, I love Grease. Not that I, like, I don't own it or anything, and I don't, like, watch it on an annual basis, but if it's sure. on, I'm like, sure, I'll watch it. Hell yeah. Derek <laughs> has the box set collector's edition with all the behind the scenes. I did figure out that there's a Grease, too, and apparently it's pretty good, so I do want to watch it, but. Well, count me out. New? I don't think no, so. No, I think it came out, but it, I, I don't it think it has anybody ago. from the original, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't think anybody's in it <laughs> of note. <laughs> we always need more John Travolta. That's all I'm saying. Especially that particular John Travolta that's in Greece. Now it's like um young yeah. John Travolta, yeah. It's like I, Pete I did, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I even love, you know, I'm a huge fan of the movie Face Off, which stars oh, yeah. Travolta. I mean, huge fan of that movie. I love that movie. It's probably in my top ten um so i can get with that it seems like he's which he's old now he's, he's getting a little weird mm-hmm. no i agree that's who hair that's oh, exactly hair face, right? <laughs> that's exactly who could play johnny in the live action one piece is a young john travolta <laughs> oh, my God. oh man that's the perfect casting i love it now big bro big bro <laughs> just <laughs> Like and having those sunglasses on in his hair. Yeah. <laughs> I need that now, son of a bitch. Will you please call this uh this episode um John Travolta or tell me about a stud? I'm gonna have to yep, that's it. That's the name. Tell me about it, stud. <laughs> you guys are seeing how the sausage is made here. That's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, I'm writing it down here. So I'll forget. Papa okay. has to make a sticky note. Someone's gonna like walk by my desk and why do you have a note that says tell me about it, stud? <laughs> <laughs> and tell him you're gonna be in the musical Greece in your town's musical. <laughs> so when I was in college, my psychology professor gave us uh, like our final that we had to do. Uh we had to basically come up with a mental illness and in this project we would like give it to someone or use like an actual scenario or whatever so we would come up with a like a fake person we would give it to them explain their symptoms uh and how or the diagnosis and and uh, treatment for it and 
I came up with uh, associative, or I guess it's dissociative identity disorder was the one that I used. And I actually basically sat down and put episode seven of season one of Psych on paper. Um, (laughs) And so I absolutely started making fun of this episode. And I even went as far because like my my professor had a very, very good sense of humor. So I actually started making fun of my professor in my paper. Um, Ballsy. I know, right? I was like, either I'm going to get an A or get an F. Well, the point of this, uh, this paper, why I wanted to do so well on it was because I sucked in that class. I was not good at psychology. And he told us, he's like, whoever has the best paper in the class does not have to take the final. You get an automatic 100 on the final. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get best paper in the class based off of knowledge. So I'm going to have to appeal to his humor. <laughs> so so I thought went. That would make the pass? Yes. <laughs> okay. um, and so the the person that I made up for this, I named them Regina Kane, uh, K-A-N-E. And so my my psychology professor had his own vineyards at the time. And I used to work, like I knew him really well. I actually worked at his vineyards a few times when he would hold festivals and stuff like that. Um, but I, so I was like, I I put in my paper, I was like, I cannot wait until I become a psychology professor at a community college and I can share this with my students. I'm going to open up a vineyards and I'm going to name a wine after this particular person. And that wine is going to be called Catch Me If You Can. And it is going to have a picture of John Travolta from Greece on the label. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that I actually put that in my paper. And, and you loved it? I did get best paper in the class. Oh my God. <laughs> Shut up. I loved psychology. I did very well. I had I took a, five psychology classes in college. I took I had a C in that class. So I needed that 100 on my final. I was like, I'm gonna have to bump this shit up. I think I took an intro to psych, which was kind of boring, but I think that was the professor. And then I took an ab psych, abnormal psychology. I class, I loved that one that I had. Me so good like he made us why are we even talking about this i don't know but he made us john travolta yeah he needs psychiatry i don't think he believes in psychiatry he's a psych uh scientologist but um he made us draw self-portraits of ourselves and then like tried to therapize us based on our drawings (laughs) if that makes sense like he or psychoanalyze i guess would be more appropriate um, and I remember I drew like big, cause you know, I was like 19 and I drew these big eyes with like eyelashes, you know, which <laughs> I don't have, but, um, uh, he was like, you have very sad eyes. Are you sad about something? I mean, <laughs> the whole class and I was just like, I don't know, sometimes, uh, <laughs> but I'll never forget that. And he was, he was young and hip and like, 
he would smoke outside with the students, you know, who's one of those. Oh, and I remember yeah. when I would walk by, cause I did smoke at the time and, um, he would, um, sing sad eyes. Do you guys know that old song? Yeah. Uh, like the eighties or nineties. I don't even know, but he would sing that every time I walked by. That's funny. That's, that's funny. Long, pointless story. He was really cute too. Anyway, <laughs> oh, just kind of like softly lob that one in there too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any cute psych professors. They were all like at least in their fifties and old. Or oh, let me old, tell but... you. Listen, I went to college uh, for anthropology when I. This was a different college. The first one was community college, and I had one. I'm not going to say his name because I would feel bad saying it, but like he was an archaeologist, salt and pepper hair. Let me tell you, I've never, he looked like an Abercrombie model. Did he have a bone for you? Uh, Archaeologists do not study bones. Um, He had a lot of, he had a lot of pottery shards. (laughs) I did, I did work in his lab for him for, for quite a while, which was nice. Yeah, you did. It was really nice. This is making me think of that scene in I forget which Indiana Jones movie where all the his female students are like just staring mm-hmm. at him, loving. Oh, that was it, buddy. Every day, that was the story. Yeah. Um, so what? So Amanda made me think of this. I don't even remember what she said, but one more story about my psychology professor, and it's actually about his mom in particular. Um. <laughs> so, like I said, uh he owned his his own vineyards and like his family you know worked there and everything like that so i got to know his family pretty well well i had moved away and a couple of years later i went back and i was like you know what i'm gonna run down there and grab some wine so i went down to his vineyards and i was like cool i get to say hi to everybody i haven't seen them in forever and so i'm standing there and his mom's behind the counter and she go she looks at me and she goes i know you and i was like yeah, you don't remember me? And she goes, yeah, I do. You're the kid that stuffed that, you're the kid that stuffed that shit up his nose. And I was like, I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, that was me. You forgot you stuffed shit up your nose? I did, I did. Until she mentioned it, I completely forgot. And he must have told her, like he must have told her this story because she would, this was in his class in college, okay? She was not there. <laughs> um, so for Halloween, he came to class dressed up as Heisenberg from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And he brought in like a bunch of little blue rock candy, like it was meth or something like that. <laughs> and because I'm an idiot, I smashed it all up into powder and I started snorting it in oh. class. Ow. <laughs> what was it was it rock candy yeah it was rock candy oh i bet that burned like hell i don't even remember honestly but everyone was oh man it was it was a lot of fun if you can't tell i was usually the one that had the most fun in class yeah that sounds like a ton of fun <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time okay that was a great class but anyway Do you have nosebleeds now no actually i don't <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had a nosebleed, actually. Do you have blue snot when you blow your nose? That would be so cool if I did. Like, if I I just, like, if I just, like, sneeze and Gatorade came pouring out of my face. Ew. I think of so many better things to come pouring out of my face. Like, whiskey, 
wine. For for a second there, I thought you were going to say whiz cheese. Hey. Oh, the kind that comes in the spray can? Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) How did this happen? (laughs) John Travolta, (laughs) damn it. John Travolta did this to us. (laughs) Tell me about it, stud. Oh my god. Okay, are we ready to move on to episode 40 finally? We probably should. <laughs> Hang on here, let me like calm down and catch my breath. Okay. <laughs> with me. Steel. <laughs> Papa's out of breath. Hold on. <laughs> not out of breath. I'm just trying to like not bust up laughing in the middle of my uh Summary. (laughs) Sanji and Karubi continue their fight underwater. Karubi obviously has a strong upper hand. Any move Sanji makes is useless and slowed by the water. Sanji begins to fade after multiple hits and not being able to breathe underwater. He gets his second wind when Karubi begins to insult Nami. Sanji realizes that while Karubi's gills do allow him to breathe underwater, forcing air into his gills will suffocate him since he can't use his lungs underwater. Sanji blows what little air he has left into Karubi's gills, and it gives Sanji enough of a break to get back onto land. When Karubi follows him onto the land, Sanji dishes out a calculated series of kicks and finishes Karubi. Chu finally catches catches up to Usopp and believes he has finished it. After Chu walks away, Usopp rises and shows that he pretended to be killed. As he figures out how he is going to tell his lie, Usopp realizes that he took the coward's way out. Zoro and Sanji are fighting with everything they've got, putting their lives on the line and Usopp is playing dead, so Chu will leave him alone and go back and add to the opponents that the other three are already facing. Usopp re-engages Chu before he gets too far away. Chu lands a wicked hit to Usopp's face that was extremely satisfying to watch. (laughs) While Chu obviously has the upper hand, Usopp gets a solid hit in with a hammer, and it gives Usopp the chance to hide again. Usopp is able to string together a series of strategic attacks and claims to victory over Chu. Back at Arlong Park, Arlong is making quick work of Zoro and Sanji. Nami arrives on the scene and enters the fight. So, a lot of fighting in these episodes. Uh, Which one was your favorite, Sanji and Kurubi or Usopp and Chu? For sure, Sanji, although <laughs> I will say, okay, well, so first of all, I was very excited because last episode we got Zoro's fight. So I was like, all right, yes, we're going to get Sanji's fight next episode. And I totally forgot Usopp was a thing. And then shared <laughs> their two fights. Um, but Chu's dialogue was kind of funny. I had some things I wrote down that he said, but we could get to that whenever we feel okay. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really liked the Sanji fight. I mean, for the most, I mean, while they were in the water, Sanji was 100% getting his ass whooped. But man, once they got back on land, Sanji finished it quick. Like I was, 
kind of impressed with it. And I already, I mean, yeah, yeah, Sanji did a good job. <laughs> um, so what are any thoughts on this episode as a whole? I was just really frustrated with Usopp. I mean, he's had so, like, he had that revelation um, that he shouldn't be a liar anymore and he needed to be a real pirate and all this back when he was still on his home island. And then he just reverted back to cowardly telling tales and he's still doing this during this fight and he, you know, is laying in a pile of blood, turns out to be a ketchup star that he... I guess, planned out just in case he needed to pretend he was dead, which tells you a lot about his character. Um, and then he has another revelation, like, I'm just a liar and I'm just a coward and gets up and goes toward Chu. And I mean, he does win the fight. I mean, he wails the living shit out of him. <laughs> a hammer, but like, it was so frustrating. And I understand that people go through stuff like that, right? We We don't just automatically decide to be a hero and a good person and go for it but i don't know it just i i just i haven't gotten there yet with him you know like i haven't been able to reconcile myself with his character yet um the the fight with sanji and the fish man was really good um like i said it gives me a lot of anxiety to watch people underwater for a really long time. And Sanji was under that water for a long time. He was under that water for like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, way longer than possible, I think. But anyway, um, I like all of the 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 move names, like the underwater bladder buster. I mean, that <laughs> um, followed by probably my favorite of the all these episodes the guffaw palm bomb i mean that's just fun to say right <laughs> um, palm bomb. yep he's like probably it. my least favorite fish man karubi um, yeah he's just a douche right I mean, <laughs> there's nothing redeemable about him i don't think um, fair enough chu was sophisticated right and mm -hmm. fashionable and he had that very soft voice and uh hachi was funny and and sweet even and, though he was a bad guy right yeah hachi's just hachi like yeah just hachi. uh this guy was just a dick um <laughs> and he was not just trying to kill sanji he was trying to torture him he's like let's see if i can make your insides explode by swimming to the bottom of the ocean like okay you don't have to do that though like mm -hmm. you could just kill him another way um but I, I did like their fight a little bit more for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the very end with the Nami showing up, I was like, all right, here we go. So yeah. I'm hoping that he's going to make some quick work of these guys. Cause we saw some of her fighting skills with her stick that she uses. I don't know what you would call that, but yeah, she can, she can really handle a stick. Yeah, my God, <laughs> <Steph>. <laughs> A rod. Why did we found out she was eighteen before you said that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I so I really liked the wrap up to Sanji and Kirby, like stemming from Sanji figuring out the whole uh, breathing thing with Kirby, and then you know all the way to the kicks, you know, because the the kicks were a lot of they were satisfying to watch you know like about time and it wasn't just like a 
a gentle wrap up or a, a one hit that really sealed it. Like Sanji laid out a series of really solid hits. Um, excuse me. And then Usopp and Chu. I was rooting for Chu. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was too at the end. <laughs> I will say though, the one thing that absolutely made me laugh, which I demand that we get in the live action, is the rubber band of doom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I did to love say that. that. I was like, Usopp fights like a seventh grade boy. He does. And I love that like he held it in front of Chu's face and Chu's like flinching and waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite part about it was like when the camera like slowly fades away as you hear Usopp still beating the ever-living shit out of Chu and all you hear is Usopp Hammer, Usopp Hammer, Usopp Hammer, Usopp Hammer, Rubber Band of Doom, Usopp Hammer. <laughs> he just kind of slide that one in there and it was <laughs> I, I need to see the Rubber Band of Doom in live action because that just... <laughs> I don't like Usopp. I hate Usopp, but every once in a while, he's just got a couple little things that are funny. Like I, I would love to see a nice slow mo of the Rubber Band of Doom. How yes, like just pulling it back, and you hear the just the noise echoing in slow motion, and it floats <laughs> towards you, bounces. You know, I think it's so funny to see somebody get hit in slow motion because their whole like <laughs> face muscles move. How funny that would be. Yeah, because like it, it even gets the, it's like the rubber band of doom, and then you hear a thwap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love the rubber band of doom. Um, I hope they can make him likable in the live action because I just don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know either. And honestly, I don't necessarily know that he's supposed to be likable. <laughs> Maybe. Because like, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. After a thousand episodes, Usopp really hasn't changed. That's upsetting. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like if Oda was going to make him a likable person, he could have done so in a thousand episodes. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I w- he's got a couple, re- he's got a few really good, really, really, really good moments, but yeah <laughs> so i i'm not expecting to like this character much in in the live action if i do it's not usopp <laughs> uh, i yeah whitney's making a face listeners <laughs> um, He's just my face he's being rude um, anything else on this episode or any of the other episodes um, I I thought it was just funny that Chu kept referencing his squirt cannon. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide from my squirt cannon, and then he said oh, something else God. like one blast from my squirt gun. I'm like, what? Yeah. I didn't even realize how perverted that was. That's awesome. <laughs> that was funny. I guess I see where your minds are at compared to mine, since I didn't think about it in a perverted way. Sure. <laughs> You you literally made a comment about Nami handling a stick. Okay. <laughs> Not five Come on. Minutes but that one was extremely obvious, okay? I think squirt cannon's pretty obvious. Well, obviously it wasn't <laughs> that obvious. 
don't know. Um, <laughs> um, uh, any anything else before on these episodes before we move on to awards and such? No, mm, no. Okay, so Whitney, Amanda, Derek, crewmates, <laughs> any new crewmates that uh, we want to post on socials this week? Um, are you talking about my pirate pals? Yeah. I've got a pirate pal for the week. I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out of these fishmen. They're so awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't name this one yet. I usually let my kid name him, but she's out of town. And so I thought maybe we could workshop it a little bit, but this little guy here, well, he's not little, but he's, he's a pretty intense looking dude. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll post him on the Twitter, but uh, he's got some red and or red, yellow and blue spiky hair. And he's got some little gills on either side of his jawbone. Uh, he just, I don't know. He looks terrifying. Like lines and, down his face. Yeah. Stylish. Um, so what are we thinking? What's a good name for this man? John Bon Jovi. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just was hitting me. I mean Jovi Jovi might be a decent name for him. I think Jovi. Gilly. Jovi McGills. That just Jovi makes McGills. me It just makes me think of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Gilly. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll workshop it we'll we'll, we'll figure out a name i do like that though that's awesome i didn't even notice him <laughs> and, and if anybody else has better name suggestions we're open you know let us know what you would name these guys yeah absolutely um and mvp's nominations hmm i struggled with this a little bit this week mm -hmm. it was difficult this week um I'll kind of tell you what my thought processes were because I'm still not sure if I've made up my mind. <laughs> um, I thought that to me, Nami was kind of making a turn um, because we saw that she was actually trying to do her best um, at all turns, even when we thought she wasn't. Um, I also thought that Genzo did a hell of a job. Um, okay. He, he seemed like he was always involved in the flashbacks and in the present day. He was always trying to help and keep people safe. I mean, he stayed underwater for 30 minutes trying to <laughs> save Luffy and break the concrete off of his feet. So um, I don't know. I feel like Genzo is a pretty big hit. I may have just made up my mind. I think I might say Genzo. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Genzo. I never really thought about Genzo. That's a decent pick. That yeah. was my pick. Was it Genzo? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I guess my pick doesn't really matter. Um. <laughs> Correct. Move on. <laughs> um, I at the beginning, I was thinking Bellamere. See, I had that thought as well, and I just like, the only reason I talked myself out of it was because she was only in the first episode. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and see, I, like, I was trying to think of everybody else. And Luffy, I felt like, had some great moments in these episodes. But his dumbass also got himself stuck in concrete and thrown to the bottom of the ocean. So that kind of 
mm-hmm. you know, got rid of that for me. Zoro, I really liked in these episodes, but also at the same time, I was like, yeah, all he really did was fight Hachi. Um, mm-hmm. And same with Sanji for the most part. Like Sanji didn't, I mean, like I was sitting there trying to think who really had a big impact on these episodes. I was like, Bellamere, like even though she was only in the one episode, she did so much in those episodes and like that, you know, her death was extremely impactful on, on these episodes and on Nami's life and who she is. And like some of her quotes as she was dying and some of the things she was saying and in the role model that she was and for Nami and Nojiko and this whole town, I was like, man, Bellamere is a solid, a solid uh, pick. But I ended up going with my actual nomination, Nami. Um, and the reason I went with Nami, it while she didn't do a lot in the the later episodes, she has been through so much, and she's been through so much alone, and she's been afraid to ask for help from anyone. And like, I just started thinking about how hard it is for some people to ask for help. Like, I think that's a a huge issue that we have in the world today is people going through shit and afraid to ask for help because it makes them feel weak or makes them feel like they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And Nami finally came to the realization that... <clears throat> Her friends are right there for her. And while she may not be used to having having those friends around, she, you know, she finally decided <clears throat> to ask for help after years and years of trying to go it alone, of trying to hold all of this down. And so just her building up the strength to ask for help when she was having a tough time. I was like, yeah, I I got to give my nomination to Nami for that one because that's not something that's easy to do. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think that's, not, I've, like I said, I, I've considered Nami as well. Um, I don't know. Should we, should we do like a co-piece this week? We can do. I don't know how Amanda feels about Nami. I know you were kind of still on the fence for a little bit. (laughs) She's fine. (laughs) No, she don't feel better. But um, I don't know. I just feel like if they succeed, it will have a lot to do with her. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense, Mm because she, Luffy, and then they wouldn't be there without Nami. I don't. She. I don't think she meant for that to happen, but. Um, what was going to happen if they weren't there, right? Who would she have asked for help? I don't know if she would have asked anybody for help or had anybody to realize like these guys care enough about me to help me and they don't know these people, but they're willing to help, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm okay with a co-chair or we can vote on it. Either way. I'm I'm good with a a co-chair piece on this one we'll just give each one of them a um, you good with that amanda yeah 
Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm actually I am looking forward to seeing her next time. So that's mm-hmm. more than I've ever had for her. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see if if this all goes according to their plan. I want to see how her relationship changes with, with the, the people she knows. Like, mm-hmm. is she going to be shysty and shady still, or is she going to like be part of the group and be honest and genuine and helpful? I don't know. I think that'll kind of cement how I feel about her later. Okay, that's I, I think that's fair. Eric says I, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's absolutely a fair thought. <laughs> Um, okay piece of shit award I'm just gonna go ahead and say Sanji uh he he fucking kicked Momu okay (laughs) I still have not let that go like as soon as I saw Momu again I was like fucking Sanji I swear (laughs) that's why save Luffy though (laughs) Um, I was gonna say whatever the fish guy that tried to kill Sanji. I can't ever remember his name. Yeah, that dude. Karubi. Karubi. Yeah, he's bad. Okay. Person. I would say either him or Ratface Marine. Oh, Ratface. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh. I think his name is Nizumi. I think. He reminded so, me of like a Meowbon brother because of his whiskers. Yeah, and he kind of goes like this. <laughs> Let me see if I can. I'm pretty sure it's Nazumi. The fish guy outdoes Ratface for me just a little bit, just because of how diabolical Fishman was mm-hmm. with. Um, Sanji, like I said, he didn't have to go to such, I guess, creative measures to kill Sanji. Like, let me see how I can make you hurt in the most profound way by making your insides explode or implode, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Ratface does suck, but I, I kind of suspect that we're, we've not seen the last of him and he might really get that award for me <laughs> later, it- but I don't no i just double checked it is nizumi it's n-e-z-u-m-i yeah i'm sure i won't remember <laughs> <laughs> i know that's a, so hard to memorize all these names <laughs> there's some difficult names like i i had to double check myself on karubi multiple times because they never even say his name in the show i don't think no i saw it on the the captions mm-hmm. a lot because i watched the subtitles but um you know i never had trouble in game of thrones and there were so many characters in that but um, I don't know. I guess because some of these are so sporadic. Like they'll show up an episode and then be gone for a while and then they'll show back up. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So are we, we going with uh, I already gave my pick, Sanji. Sanji? That was your it's real not pick. Sanji. Oh, that was my real pick. Absolutely. No way. He fucking kicked, fine. He kicked Momu. But then he, he did kick the concrete. <laughs> he and he tried to save Luffy. Also, he did the leg thing. You Listen, everyone the- was an a-hole to poor Momo at some point. That's true. Nobody <laughs> was nice to Momo. I wish they Ron. had honestly. Zoru. I wish they had just like been Zoru. good to him because then they could have <laughs> used his strength against the pirates. Yeah. Had they just been nice, 
then he would have been on their side but no that's what i was gonna Zoro, say I, well they probably shouldn't have kicked him and then they he wouldn't be attacking them right now but zoro was never mean to momu that's all true yeah but zoro was also bleeding out at the time that's fair <laughs> listen i i'm good I with giving it to kirby piece of shit award to zoro so don't even i mean <laughs> i'm not even going to entertain that thought i'm like i'm like sitting here trying to think if there's ever a moment where i would and i don't tell me i don't i okay don't tell me i can't think of it there's break seven. my heart <laughs> i don't know we're not we're not giving it to sanji there's no way okay that's fine there's are no we way. are we going karubi because <laughs> it sounds Neither like you got it sounds like I both of you have that. your mind made up on karubi <laughs> okay. i don't know amanda are you okay with karubi or I'm do we want to i'm yeah. okay with rat face too Karubi's either way fine right karubi you suck well he's dead now right so i guess suck. we can give it to him be like goodbye. well Rest in peace. I don't know about dead, but <laughs> well, I don't know. I just Arlong. He's was down like, for you the count. All my men. So I don't. Know. He did say that. Yeah, he absolutely did. Okay, cool. So we got our first co MVP, and we've got uh, a new piece of fish. <laughs> piece of fish. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next week's episodes are 41 through 45, so we are wrapping up Arlong Park next week. Um, and if you paid attention to uh, the challenge that was issued at, in our introduction episode of watching the first 45 episodes to see before you kind of come to a decision on whether or not you're going to like this show, we're hitting that moment next week. So I'm pretty excited to... Uh, to hear from everyone on what your thoughts are on the show and if and if it's something that you're planning on continuing or or what. But uh, anything else before we go ahead and close, Whitney and Amanda? Nope. Nope. Is Chew. Whitney Chew? <laughs> okay. Chew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just realized this set of episodes that he says little chews after he speaks and I he does never <laughs> and so i'm i stole it <laughs> tell me about it stud no all right y'all well thank you very much for listening to us week after week um and thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to us this week. Uh, you can support the show on Instagram and Twitter at going Mary pod. And you can also support us by leaving a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. It really goes a long way with uh, getting the show out there and it is really appreciated. So thank you all so, so much. Um, and that is all I have for this week. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, Bye. Fucking button. <laughs>